due to a recent legal action by the Ford Motor Company. You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speedeth. Three men have stepped up to the hockey. One of them is called Zog. Hello. The other one's called Richard. Hello. I'm Gareth. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. And this is a good opportunity to play the Polish national anthem with the words Robert Kubica. Robert Kubica, Robert Kubica, Robert. Robert Kubica, Robert Kubica, Robert. Robert Kubica. Can we call him Bobby K? Is that unhip to call him Bobby K? It's trying too hard to be hit, I think, is the trouble. Maybe on your it's, own. Uh, I was just... Uh, yeah. Someone Sounds else. like something that the never-popular character Crazy Dave Coulthard, <laughs> the one on Smith Patchell rather than the real... The actual Dave like, ...would say. Um, Bobby would, James. Wouldn't say it. Wouldn't say it. No. So I won't. So, I will call yeah, him Robert Kubitz. One incredible situation to find an F1 driver injured so horribly from taking part in a race that wasn't a Formula One race. First of all, bless him for that. That's my belief on that. There was an age when drivers used to do that and then it all went away and then they were only allowed to race in Formula One and perhaps the odd bit of karting, you know, if they weren't going too fast. Yeah, well, teams are understandably reticent about letting their drivers mm. do dangerous things that might end up getting them mm. broken limbs. Because uh, at the same time, uh, in, the, in the mentality of a Formula One driver, there's this sort of constant quest for speed and thrills, or in yeah. some of them at least. Yeah. And Kimi Raikkonen used to enter events yeah. under assumed names, including James Hunt, I think. Yes. And entered a skidoo race dressed in a monkey suit, <laughs> I believe. And Montoya, as we know, injured himself, supposedly playing tennis, but more likely falling off a motorbike. Yeah. yeah. And well, he also a quad bike, I think. He sprained his jaw in yeah. that pie-eating contest as well. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, you know, in a way, maybe the Montoya thing was him being actually a bit more reckless, a bit more of a fool than, for example, Kubica was. Because yeah. I think, you know, you know, whether you think it was wise or not of him to be rallying so close to the start of the season mm. you know you have to admire the spirit of the guy for wanting to go out and compete in the rally and personally I can't fault him for wanting to do that and I think it's great that Renault let him do that it shows some real spirit. Eric Boulier who runs the Lotus Renault Norton team as Martin Brundle called them <laughs> recently which I thought was very funny and very wry. Eric Boulier who I vaguely know from his days at A1 when he worked for Dams running the Team France and Team Switzerland team so brilliantly, he says this won't affect what we will do with our drivers in the future, that they're going to continue allowing them to do what they want and you kind of have to let people like Robert Kubica do that sort of thing, who is a racer. and that's, that's It's the part of the package. Yeah. You, know, you know, you want... You want the racer, and if that means yeah. that you've got to let them do some of those things, well, yeah, that's part mm. of the deal. Or yeah. do you treat them like greyhounds or racehorses and only allow them out of their box to do their finest bit of racing in the safe, inverted commas, controlled context of Formula One? Is that how precious they are? When you think of the kind of money that rotates around their ability to deliver and to be there, to deliver the budget of an F1 team at the moment is it 120 million a season if you're lucky and you're More, doing it cheaply? I yeah. Think. Uh, well, actually, I'm not sure what it's what they're really hoping to spend this year, but certainly a couple of years ago, you know. Ferrari, Toyota was spending two hundred million mm. more, more yeah, than so that. Uh, so, my my question is: Will he recover? 
What your opinions? Well, not like not that you're I'm not a doctor. Well, but yeah, but Flavio Briatore and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's Doctor Fox or Doctor Feelgood. We could go on, but I think that it sounds promising because basically the bloke almost lost his hand right yeah, yeah, a bit of armco yeah. went through the car yeah and nearly and took, just, his, nearly took, his, took hand his hand off, off yeah. right so other so, safety barriers are available oh, it's a trade name isn't it yeah it wasn't that the armco came through the car it knocked a biro off the dash and then <laughs> into a hoover into a so yeah horrible yeah and apparently he's already got slight movement in his fingertips mm-hmm. i mean that's a, it's a credit to modern surgery as much as anything but also yeah. i guess he's in very good shape because he's a sportsman i hope he'll get better because the thing about kubica it's not like we'd wish this on any person but he's a great driver and he has that sort of slightly flamboyant style sometimes. He'll go for things that maybe other drivers would be more cautious about. Yep. And we've talked about this on the show before. Potential world champion. He's got oh, yeah. that drive. He's got that talent. And if he's not in the sport again, I'd be gutted about that because uh, we want people like him there. Absolutely. And, and at the same time that he has that, well, let's call it a bit of flair. He's not somebody who was all over the place in reaching for the heights of his driving. You know, he can be really consistent. He's supposedly one of the few guys that, for example, Hamilton is most scared of. You know, he, you know, mm, yeah. Kubitra is one of the few guys that he sort of really rates as an opponent. That that has to say something. I don't know the exact details, but this isn't the first time this sort thing has happened to Kubica quite early in his career, around about his Formula 3 time, he was involved in a really dreadful accident which could have taken him out and he recovered well from that so as a part of the racer's mentality is well I will just put myself back together and go out and do this, you know, they are brilliant at that he's experienced at it, I mean not an experience you want to have, but if he's been there before, that will also aid his case, is what I'm saying. One thing I think is very interesting about this is that it casts some very interesting light on the relative safety of F1 cars versus particularly the kind of rally car he was driving in this incident because mm. it wasn't a particularly high-speed crash that, no, that they I had. Think so. you know, but nonetheless, the crash barrier went right the way through the cabin. He was maybe lucky not to have been more badly hurt. Well, uh, if it had been, I guess, what, I don't know, six inches a foot other way. We've just gone through him yeah. as a bloke. That's yeah. it. Or, or damaged the well, they are. They're just, it's just a tin box, but, isn't it? That's the thing. They're metal. They're, they're not carbon fibre. It's just a seam-welded road car shell with a roll cage in it. It's and he, very strong yeah. overall if you roll it over, but for something that sort of pierces it like that. Also, you don't have those kind of risks, I guess, on a Formula 1 track. But anyway, well, I mean, he, it is an interesting point. Rally cars, they're strong, but they're not that strong. A yeah. couple of years ago, there was a, a death in the WRC in Germany, I believe. And after that, there was a sort of a think tank to analyse the idea of how could you improve safety in rally cars. And their best option was to put a driver without a co-driver in the centre of the car. Mm. And that would increase the driver's chance of surviving any penetrative impact by a substantial amount, by simply having him further away. Hopefully the shell of the car will slow it down before it reaches you in the middle of the car. But if you're up against one side, you know, Kubica was injured, his co-driver was completely uninjured because it happened on one side. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. But, you know, do you want to take co-drivers away from rally no, driving? No, 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 no. You know, that's part of it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, there has to be a way of doing yeah. that. Um, you can't put the cost in rallying up because rallying is suffering. And if you ask them to develop cars that are as strong as FIA Formula One tests require, then those cars will become very expensive and will lose the manufacturers who are starting to come back to the new cut price WRC based on the new rules, which are, you know, 
imminent. Your point about it being there aren't that many things on an F1 track that can pierce a car in the same way that that mm-hmm. could. Yeah, you can't easily run a rally on a course that avoids all kinds of random dangers like that. That's yeah, part yeah. of the nature of a rally. Yeah. First of all, Robert Kubica said, get well soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. It seems unlikely that he'll be in the Formula 1 car very soon, if at all, this season. But, but let's as long as he's back at some point, yeah. I think we'll be happy. Oh, yeah. But the other thing is, and we've said this before on the show... That's often when Formula One drivers get injured and then make a recovery, they come back harder and stronger and yeah. better. And if that happens, then Robert Kubica is almost certainly a Formula One world champion. Often when Formula One drivers get injured and then make a recovery, they come back harder and stronger and yeah. better. Harder and stronger and 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 better. Mr. Petrov, your son was very lucky, and his injuries are not severe. Thank you, Doctor. Vitaly, what have you done now? Sorry, Father. I thought it would make me faster. You thought it would make you faster if you threw yourself off a second-floor balcony? Yes, Father. Well, son, you're right. It was actually the fastest you've traveled in a long time. Renault have a real problem now. Who do you put in the car for the rest of the season? Because it's unlikely that Kubitz is going to drive, I'm guessing, until you know maybe the last race. That would be wonderful if he came back for one race, if he was capable of doing that. Assuming that you need a driver who's going to be in there for at least three months... You don't put Bruno Senna in, even though he's one of your 37 test drivers on the Lotus Renault. Why have they got like so many spare it's... drivers? <laughs> well, more to the point, why do they have five reserve drivers, none of whom they're apparently desperate to actually put into the race seat when... I, mean, I don't know. Sponsors! Well, Sorry, what was that? You said, did you clear your throat or say something about no, sponsors? I think, I, think, uh, I thought you said Maltesers. <laughs> uh, I think, to be fair to Renault, it's probably quite hard to have even one reserve driver who really is of the calibre of driver who you're going to put in for a whole season in your car to take over from an experienced driver. It's Kubica. You're looking at Massa. You're looking at Vettel. You're looking at Weber. You're looking at Hamilton and Button. The top guys. They're the only people... Is Massa one of the top guys now? I think he is. He's experienced. He's experienced, but, you know... He's up there. He's well. He's, anyway, he's not, okay, but, well, we're, we're not suggesting that, that any of these guys could replace Kubica, but you want someone of that kind of standard because these are the big boys you're playing with. Mm. Now, the options at the moment, as I understand, are Vitantonio Liuzzi because he's just out of a contract with Force India, Nick Heidfeld out of a contract with Mercedes yeah. and. Pirelli is a test driver. Mm. And just to be clear, these are both drivers who Renault have publicly acknowledged that they're either going to be testing or they're interested in putting yeah. in the car. Or Nico Hulkenberg. Now, on the day that we are recording this, we know that Heidfeld is going to be driving the car tomorrow. He hasn't driven the car yet. I think Senna had a bit of a drive around in it, or will do tomorrow. But So we don't even know. They say it's his to lose. He's clearly their preference. Nick Heidfeld is fab, isn't he? Right, whose is it yeah, to he's... lose? Heidfeld's. Oh, right, they're, not Senna. No, they're measuring Heidfeld. They're giving Senna a chance in the car for a bit of experience, mm. but they're testing Heidfeld with a view to saying yes to him, unless he lets them down. That's well, you kind know, of, uh, their approach. Uh, of the names that, you know, have just been mentioned, 
Yeah, I mean, Heidfeld is surely the one you'd go for, wouldn't He's you, if it was your team? got yeah. that experience. If it was my team, I'd stop calling myself Lotus for a start, because <laughs> that's confusing. Yeah. And yeah, I'd probably go for Heidfeld, because yeah. I guess he's got that experience. And also a luxurious beard. Great beard. Uh, it was a benefit. But yeah, he's got the experience, yeah. he's he's quick enough, he's nice. Better than Lutzi, he's... Uh, I mean... It, <laughs> Do you think they have that list? Yeah. That Lotus, Renault Lotus, they've got a list of Check plus and minus yeah. on that. Just plus, better than Lutzi. Yeah. And then on Lutzi's bit, where it says minus, it's just got Lutzi. <laughs> Cash is very important to all F1 teams, particularly the Renault team, which isn't even Renault anymore. It's the Genie Lotus team, as far as we mm. can tell. I am Lotus still a little bit so- confused by the story. Anytime anyone oh, refers to... You know, when they say Lotus is doing this, you have to take a moment to think, OK, which... Lotus is this? Is this yeah. Team Lotus? Is well, it Lotus Renault? Is group it Group Lotus, team, Lotus cars have someone on the board of this team. Whether they've taken any equity in the team, I don't know, but there's some complicated deal with Genie, who are the management team that are part of Gravity. I, what? But they're like a sort of, not venture capitalist as such, like are they? Are they sort sport of sport management? Sport money people. Yeah. Connections. Mm. Sounds like the devil. It's confusing. Well, I mean, it's complex. I don't, I don't know. I mean, given that they're a very corporate organisation, I'm surprised they don't just, you know, get someone in that that they want. Yeah. Who's maybe someone from their accounts department or, <laughs> or a competition winner. <laughs> I don't know. A high paying sponsor, somebody who's yes, exactly. you know, really bringing you some money. Just and, yes, like a fat businessman from he'll be Marseille. He'll be off at the first corner, but he signs the checks. But, That's yeah, exactly. As long as his check signing hand isn't hurt when he goes into the gravel trap, it's fine. Talking about checks, this is exactly what I was going to say that of the three drivers, you know, money is important. Now, we know Nick Heidfeld's cheap, he raced for free for Jordan for a season. Do you remember that? He was out of a drive and he said to Eddie, I'll drive for nothing. Was there no sponsorship of any kind? Did he do that on the basis that he was hoping to attract some sponsorship? Or I how did that work? I don't know, out? but he drove for free. Yeah. See, I mean, that is not just someone who enjoys driving mm. and wants to do it, but also, I mean, that's a real lost leader because as I mm. understand it, life insurance as a Formula One driver oh. is hundreds of thousands of mm. millions of pounds. So... <laughs> He'd have been out of pocket. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like an expensive hobby for it him. It is. But well, he had uh, had... He didn't have anything like to do eight, on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but he had had eight years of, you know, being on the McLaren payroll, being on Prost's payroll, being on... Where was he? Williams at some point? I forget now. Well, so he, he had an eight-year no claims bonus on his, his own overalls and everything. And he had Bring to get himself own. to the races. Oh, Poor old Nick Heidfeld. Yeah. Just there in the easy so cheap. On the other hand, Liotzi comes with a buyout from Force. India because Force India had to pay Liotzi not yeah, to drive for yeah. them this year because they've given Paul de Resta a chance. So he'll turn up and say, Not only will I do it for free, but I will bring 50,000 European shekels or whatever they have in Formula One these days. Euro shekels? <laughs> euros, is that, I think. I think, I think, I think they're still called euros. The euro hasn't collapsed so. yet. I haven't so. seen a memo about that one. Yeah. But um, that's interesting. These mm. are the reasons why, when it finally turns out that it says, say, Liotzi, and we all go, What? These may be the reasons behind it. Mm. I think it's going to be Heidfeld whatever. I think they make a sensible choice. We should talk about uh, Senna and the link between the name Senna and Lotus is a very strong link in in, black uh, and gold. You see, historically, and uh, or yellow and gold. I'm going to have to stop you there because a not really Lotus, b not really Senna. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, I will hold no truck with either of those arguments. And also, Formula One's not a very emotional business, really, is it, in that respect? I don't think that would sway it in any way, in the little plus and minus column. Oh, no, no, you, you, Junior. You're, you're, well. absolutely, you're absolutely right. I mean, Bruno Senna is Bruno Senna. You know, he's, mm. uh, you know, he, he's nice he is, he's, uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. He hasn't proved to be anything like as quick as I think people hoped he would be. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel what, a bit sorry what, for him in that respect because yeah. he's got this sort of burden of expectation. Yeah, yeah that's sure. Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he doesn't have a chance as a lot of other rookies in the sport have to make mistakes and sort of learn a bit without so much attention on them you know he's scrutinised in a way that other drivers aren't scrutinised yeah, you, you could argue that the same argument is true of Damon Hill for example yes. and you know he came good he overachieved didn't he he achieved beyond his abilities I think Damon Hill and I think that Senna perhaps given a chance could do that but what I like about it we interviewed him maybe three years ago when he was in GP2 yep. he was one of the two drivers in the iSport team the other driver was Karen Shanduk they were very very Both nice well guys, matched. Yeah. Both really fantastic guys. Often a sign that they're not going to win the championship, in my opinion. <laughs> Far I, too nice. I think too much is made of that nice guys don't win argument because, you know, Fangio, famously lovely guy. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't have any trouble winning. Sorry. But, but you know, I, they're valid. But Senna was super with the race fans hanging outside the fence trying to get a word with him went out of his way to spend time with them and I really admire that it's got a sort of punk rock thing to do to build that following and find time on them Oh, yeah, there was a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they gobbed on him. I'm never quite sure how punk worked. But... Well, it's for the people, man. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Nice guys come 16th or lower, but I don't know whether it's true. Who knows? But anyway, Jim Clark, again, you know, yeah, Jim lovely Clark, nice guy. guy. And, you know, how it, it, many people have been quicker than Jim Clark? I'm sure. But I would say that if you have a name like Senna, you've everything to lose. So really, if you want to come in with no expectation whatsoever, you should be the son or daughter of Maureen from driving school or something like that. (laughs) And then you've everything to win. You'll only surprise people. Hello, Lotus, Renault, Lotus, Lotus. This is Eric Bollier. I hear you are looking for an F1 driver. Oh, my name? It's Inui. Dave Inui. Hello? Hello? For me, February is arguably one of the most exciting times in Formula One. It's like the beginning of the striptease, you know. There may be the deep satisfaction followed by the disappointment of the final race in the season settling it and then you get that withdrawal symptoms. But the striptease of the reveal of the new cars is, for me, it's great. It's You're genuine. being teased and tantalised, what you're saying. Yeah, and I've really enjoyed the launches that I've been aware of. I haven't attended any launches this year, or indeed for a number of years. But it's been a very different type of launch thing. I remember going to the McLaren launch at the Alexandra Palace when they went down the West Mercedes thing and Davina Mm. McCall was hosting and the Spice Girls were there and it was a massive event. Contrasted. Would that be, what, 97, something like that? I think maybe it was. But lavish. Oh, it was fantastic. But this year, let me tell you, if you saw, did you see how McLaren launched their car this year? They got people, uh, like normal people rather than their team mechanics, to bring on parts of the car and they slowly assembled it until finally 
uh, Button and Hamilton came on with, uh, I think, the steering wheel and the seat. Was yeah, that right? that's Someone right. Flash mob. It. Flash mob. But flash mob. Sort of nicely organised, optimised McLaren that's flash mob. A, a very interesting way of, very interesting, very current way of doing it. A yeah, super yeah. high-tech Platz... Plaza, Platz, what would you call it? In Berlin. It, it's which, a Platz then. Which I've been to. The Vodafone Centre was there. I was there oh, a few right. years ago. And it's right outside the Vodafone Centre. This wonderful high-tech metallic building all around. And they kind of flash-mobbed it. Someone turned up in a sort of a hoodie or perhaps a, an overcoat of some kind. And the team sort of casually rolled a bare chassis. And they just built it in the middle of this place in front of observing Germans behind a barrier. And it was kind of nice and subtle. But what it did was encourage people to shoot it on their Vodafones and to <laughs> upload it, you know, and to get to people using this social network that 66.6% of the people in this room use quite healthily. So, yeah, you're reminding me of that. <laughs> quite and, healthily. And, and, okay, yes. <laughs> it's like, don't worry, it won't get infected if you do it. <laughs> Julie noted, I need to be more active or indeed active on Twitter. Yeah, you, don't, no, you don't if you don't want to. But the thing is, actually, I think Gareth and I both get this feeling that there's a groundswell of support for you out there. There is. Because... They're asking. Well, I mean, frankly, you're the most I popular member of the Gareth Jones and Speed <laughs> team. No, I don't believe that for a moment. It's the enigmatic right. silence is just is driving people yeah, I'm, I'm wild spo- with anticipation. I'm going to spoil that if I actually start <laughs> delivering some actual tweets and people are going to get you know an, an actual insight into my <laughs> off guard mind. I'm going to blow your cover. That's what I'm worried about. On Twitter, they were like, "Why isn't Zog on Twitter? I bet the things he say will be really interesting." And it's like the implication that everything else we is say basically isn't. tedious <laughs> rubbish. It's oh god, if only Zog was here to bring some dignity to proceedings. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah, they just have to consider that, that I might just be a complete sociopath or something like that. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Using Back the gift the of social, social networking, McLaren have done this very clever launch and the car is quite interesting. Have you studied the car at all? Oh, well, yeah, actually, before we just mentioned the car, I was just thinking that now this would be an interesting direction for the future of F1. Have the teams assemble the car on the grid. They have to flash mob the grid, get a load of fans, <laughs> oh, nice. flash mob the grid, assemble your car on the grid... Isn't that oh, what HRT go. do anyway? Well, and, they, <laughs> yeah, apparently. It no, did have the back wheels off a of Ford Sierra last year. Yeah, <laughs> point, so maybe. But only on one side. Only on one side. <laughs> but as far as the look of the cars go, and particularly the McLaren goes, most striking thing is those side pods, those interesting yeah. looking sort of upside downy. Yeah. Uh, well, the way of describing it is that it's a sort of. Um, YouTubes. Well, it's it sort of L shaped the other way. Um, yeah, yeah. Just go and have a look at a it picture. It is odd, isn't it? Go, they're, they're well, it's a J one way or a, an L the other. Yeah, wow, yeah. Sort of so, mm. yes, LJ quite, Cool. Quite L, L, LJ. LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Ladies, they are LL ladies cool love Cool J. James. It's That's the influence the of having from. Lewis in the car. It's an LL Cool J car. You know what I'm saying? It's got a bit of cool to it. So the but idea is that it doesn't look quick air in a more... It gets the, it, 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 it allows them to manage the airflow at the lowest level of the reference plane, as they call it. You know, they've cleared that area because they're going to do something secret and clever with a blown floor, which Renault are doing by pumping their exhausts back oh, in front yeah. of the side pods and out sideways. I noticed this. And does it also do you know have, have, to, have to do with sort of some of the air that's coming off the front wheels and the front yes. wing and the and the sort of the cleanliness yes. and the turbulence of that? Looks odd on the track. I remember reading it? about it and it made sense at the time and I've forgotten it. So it looks odd. It seems to have all this on. stuff going on up here. It looks like a man jogging with a couple of barrels on his shoulder. It's like, what's that stuff doing there? Oh, I'm frightened. 
mummy. And honestly, they put a bit of mash a little bit high. I'm th- but they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And does it look quick to you? That's the question. Does it? Um, Hamilton was very happy with tell? it on this first try out with it. Genuinely happy. Mm. Whereas Mercedes haven't been, apparently. But it's all going to change. It all will change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always so I'm well, so let's ask the big question. Obviously, it's too early to tell. Obviously, we don't know. We haven't got a clue. But who do you think is going to be quick? How do you think... The teams are going to look at the start of the season. Who's going to be quick? Who's going to be slow? Let's just talk about Ooh, the... something lotusy. <laughs> yeah, something lotusy. I assume going to be quick by the time the season starts, that over fifty percent of the teams will be called lotus in well, some way. Or HRT other. have even added to the confusion. Have you heard about this? Because they're called they HRTL now. It's it's called the HRT. Their their form car is called the HRT F one eleven. Now that's what? either a fighter jet used by the Australians and the Americans and the Dutch and the British. Fighter bomber. Fighter bomber, sorry, yes, thank and you. And electronic warfare. Uh, Good that's one with the swing wings, right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. escape capsule rather than ejection seats. Did it? That was one of the best features of the FX model, oh, the, yeah. little, the little yeah. capsule. You could, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Titanium. Man. First time I heard the word titanium was in that context. It was a titanium uh, capsule that they were in, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I made a little model of that. Not airfix, but something else. I made a model of that when I was Revel. at Cubs. We had to make a model Revel. or something. Revel, maybe, yeah. And I remember it had working swing wings. And then you had to go and do a sort of show and tell. And the cub leader or whatever went, did you do all this yourself? And I did, but I said, when I painted it, I suspended it between two yogurt pots. Good lad. And my dad helped me and he held one of the yogurt pots. And I said, oh, my dad held one of the yogurt pots. And, and she went, oh, it's made of yogurt pots. And I panicked and said yes. <laughs> and then was consumed with the guilt that I'd lied because oh. it plainly wasn't. And How it's would still you make it out of yogurt your pots? Well, it is because I've just remembered it now. And that was like, <laughs> that's what, the most, 27 years that's ago. That's the most Catholic moment we've ever had. I'm going, I know, I'm you just confess. I know, but that's the Catholic thing moment. when you molested that small boy. <laughs> <laughs> The case comes up next Thursday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me return to the idea that this quickly, that quickly. HRT is called the F111. 111 is a Lotus number, isn't well, it? So we have we have six yeah. Lotus on the circuit now. Anyway, sorry, um, mm. I was going to say. So we're talking about the launches of the cars now. I heard that earlier this week the Virgin Racing wrong Marussia. Thank you, Marussia Virgin Racing. Correct car was unveiled at Television Centre, the BBC studios in London. And did you go? Well, no, because I, I... You don't work at television sets. You I work don't. next door, I, don't you? The Top Gear office is in what they call the White City yeah. development, which is just up the road, but it's five minutes walk away. And I was in the Top Gear office that day, and I realised this was going on, and I suddenly thought, well, I've got a BBC ID card. I know where they're doing this. It's in the main studio there, TC1, as it's called, hmm. I think. And I know I not only had to get into there, but I know I had to get into there in a sneaky way, where I could go <laughs> into the gallery bit at the top and then down the stairs at the back. So... And I said to one of the producers on top, I was like, they're launching that Formula One car down the road. And he went, oh, I've always wanted to go to a Formula One car launch. And so have I, I've never been. Shall we go? Then we realised we've both got jobs to do. You know, the show's on the air at the moment, our show, Top Gear. We're supposed to be doing a job. It's a Monday. We're in studio in two days' time. And so we didn't go. And I sort of regret it. Ten minutes. Because not only because I've never been to a Formula One car launch, but also I do rather like the idea of going to one when you're not invited as well. It just feels like this. How would you go in? Through the gallery? I'm not going to tell you that. Oh, come on. No one's listening. Security has it. They're going to knock That's those studios terrific. down soon. Anyway, it's a real shame. But anyway, they do actually film a lot of stuff in television centres. Like and I, yeah. thought, I was watching the other All night. The I was watching a bit of um, what's the that heist series? Uh, Hustle. Hustle. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. And there was yet another scene that had obviously been filmed outside television centres. It sort of spoils. Tell you a little bit if you know that building because you're constantly going TV centre. That's TV centre. Or, or just you know if you also because my wife used to work at Elstree as well. She's going that's Elstree. 
Oh, that sells true. That sells. Yeah. Or we were talking about this before we started recording that sitcom that's on the moment episodes that's set in LA, yeah. and I discovered that almost none of it was filmed there. It's all done in the UK. Once you know that, you, you can't, can't relax and it. watch it because you're yeah, going, wait yeah. a minute. That's the, and, and from a car point of view, there's one sequence where they were at some studios. And the same grey Chevy SUV was in the back of every shot because it only got one American car in to make what I presume was Pinewood look like Hollywood. I, I, were from I have that from Cripplewood to Hollywood. <laughs> I have the same trouble when I'm Great, watching F1. You're watching F1. No, that really is done where they say it is, I believe. It, oh, it, it, <laughs> I don't think it's all done but, on the soundstage. No, that, that, that Singapore Grand Prix, that shot in. I know, yeah, it does no CGI. But I see people in garages and in the back of shots. <laughs> to really funnel to those annoying bits where it gets narrow. <clears throat> if you don't live in London, you won't know what that is. I see people in the back of shot in garages who were mechanics on A1 Grand Prix. Oh, I, right. So I'm watching, and it's this very tense moment. You go, oh, look, there's Tina. I mean, oh, yo, Kubitz has had a problem with that tyre there. You know, it, yeah. it's very distracting. But launches of cars. Virgin have got this reasonably good-looking car out there. Hopefully with tell. a right-sized right uh, petrol tank this time. The Red Bull <laughs> is going to be phenomenal. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's another new car built on the successor last year. It's yeah, be. it's, it's going to be mm. quick question is how will mclaren and ferrari do relative to them the mm-hmm. ferrari is quite conventional compared to the mclaren it seems it's just and, and, uh, ferrari fielding yeah, a truck think... this year is that right it, this is what's happening Ooh, well according to a lawsuit uh, yeah they may be <laughs> what is that all about well the citation from ford said that they objected because they believed that ferrari formula one were attempting to capitalize on the good work and the brand equity built up by ford in the f-150 name as if yeah. there's any confusion they couldn't be further apart in the automotive <laughs> world there's, there is no you know, insane. Just in case you don't know, and I assume listening to this programme you do know, Ferrari initially launched their car as the F-150, which, as we all sad freaks know, is also the name of a Ford truck in the United States of America. I tweeted that's going to create some confusion in Ford dealerships in the US. Right. Little did you know. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> Ford then go and put a legal injunction, is that the term, on Ferrari, saying that you can't call in that. And they'd use the 150 Madness. number because they say it was to commemorate a hundred. 150 years of Italy's uh, Republic of Italy being and, joined together yeah. Yeah. yeah so what the compromise is Ford have essentially won and yeah. they got their way and, yeah. and Ferrari have renamed the Formula One car the F150th Italia yeah. which doesn't even make sense no that's no. it you know I think that's just setting grammar alarm bell and yeah. you know, punctuation alarm bell across One, two languages it, it, it's, it's not the 150th Italia is it I haven't seen another 149 the 150th Italy it's, where are the other ones exactly yes. yeah it's, uh, well well hang on there's little okay, Italy okay, there's lots of little ones around live, the world That's you know we, we have every time on the quantum level you get multiple universes we're with you every time, yeah basically we live in one of many multiverses oh, I certainly uh, know the only problem with this as a justification for there being 150 Italy's is that there aren't 150 there's an infinite number of them. Uh, so it should be called the F Infinite Italy's. Yeah, it should yeah. be F in yes, and it should be yes, it should be one Does of Does that mean there's also an infinite number of lawyers wasting everyone's bloody time with hang stupid on. name-based hang court on. cases? But yes. If you called it that. But, but there are universes in which Ferrari won the case, and there are some universes in which Ford said, you know, sod it, we're not gonna bother. <laughs> Why, you know That's true. Anything that is imaginable is possible. <laughs> yes. Thank you. 
That was a bit philosophical, well, isn't it? Well, um, nothing that is anything, not real cannot exist. Well, any, anything that could physically happen in the universe will happen in yes. one of these multiverses. multiverses yeah. It's not the case that anything you could imagine would be possible because you could imagine things that are physically impossible. So I could imagine that Lucas Zemelo's head became an enormous egg or something like that. There you go. Very difficult for that to happen. Yeah. Very difficult. But him tripping up on the way into the court case could quite possible And quite funny. Damon won five championships in a row in the universe I like to subscribe to in my head sometimes. Possible. Mm. Given Adrian yeah. Newey's stay at Williams. And yeah, maybe. Actually, yeah, it's not so insane. However. Back uh, in the real world. 150th Italia, at least Massa will be able to say it right with his Lithbo, the 150th <laughs> Italia. It worked for him. But there are some other cars. We've got about 30 seconds to talk about the other cars. Did you see the HRT and what they wrote all over it? Yes, very funny. Go and look at it on the internet. Quite amusing. Have you seen this, sir? Uh, I haven't actually, no. What, uh, what did they write? Tell them. Things. 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 Yeah. No time to explain, but okay. things. I'll things. We'll put a link on the page for this site for you Do to it. find it. It's fantastic. Anything else interesting out there? Can't wait to see if the new Renault blown floor The works. Renault might actually be quite quick. Actually, yeah. I was thinking before the season came along, all this talk about Renault, we're going to be so much better this year, we're really going to be competing. Mm. Ru- I thought, rubbish, no chance at all. Actually, maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm. They have just that, in the, the whole... universe in which we exist, yeah. in other universes, this show would be different, but Sometimes are they Renault going to be good? Without Kubica, what we're about that show. is a huge problem for them. And, and on that cer- karmic and cosmic circle yeah, being man. closed. Yeah. It's time for the show. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Multiverses with Richard the Andorran Porter. I don't know why you're from Andorra. Because I like the He's got the smallest defence budget of the three of us. Zog from a universe where pi is not 3.142. I couldn't imagine the universe. I'm from the universe where I'm still gas top. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> to send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>